Hey, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rob Report, and as usual, I am Rob. Now, today we're going to be talking about, as the title says, of course, UPS, COVID, and colleges. Now, those last two bits are admittedly a little bit more of a rant than I might have intended, but you know how it goes. You get talking about something, and it just all comes out, all of the upset, all of the points that you think aren't being made that should be made. So, uh, you know, you could feel free to skip that bit if you're looking for a little positivity. You, uh, well, you might find some good points there, some positive points, but I don't know if the overall message is exactly a bastion of overflowing positivity and wellness. Um, that being said, I think it's a pretty entertaining rant. We talk about how uh, wearing full body condoms could possibly be a solution to the COVID crisis. So that's just something you can look forward to. But right now, uh, the first segment of the episode here, as usual, kind of the lighthearted funny bit, although it's not so funny to me, is UPS. Now, I got a bone to pick with the UPS people. Let me tell you that those motherfuckers have uh, crossed me for the last time. And I, I mean, I say that, I don't really know what I can do about it. I mean, they're kind of like UPS. It's like it's like going after the United States of America. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, they'll just squash you like a bug. Um, and in fact, actually, this this whole story that I'm about to, to unfold upon you, unfortunately, has happened at a time when I have uh, a number of packages coming through UPS. So, you know, like these bridges can't be burned. We, we've got to find a way to deal with it. And luckily I did. So here's the story, right? So I sold uh, somebody who lived in Louisiana uh, like a lightsaber, like one of those toy lightsabers, except that this one was like made of metal and it was all fancy and you could fight people with it. And it was quite cool. Uh, I sold it to him because I wanted to buy a, a better one. And so I was selling this one. So I sold it to him. And I mean, like a lightsaber, right? That That's a long ass item to just ship through the UPS casually, right? So I, uh, I measure it 40 something inches. So I go to the pack mail, which is like the local US franchise affiliate, whatever, and I buy a 48-inch box, uh, 48 by 6 by 6 inches to be exact. I think, all right, I'm going to go ahead and prepay this online. That way I can just drop it at some place. They can ship it out for me without having to pay additional money. I naturally thought that a 48-inch box would be 48 inches long. So when I was typing in my shipping information, I put it in as 48 inches. I mean, logically speaking, if one buys a 48-inch box, it's going to be 48 inches long. I thought that was a logical conclusion. I mean, that's just like saying that uh, the water is wet or that tomatoes are not a vegetable. Are they fruit? I don't remember which one, but whichever one is right. I mean, it's just the logical conclusion. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, 48-inch box, pack it all up, ship it off uh, through the UPS. So I an email. An email about uh, two days later, uh, the day that the package arrived, saying that my package had been audited, which is something I thought the IRS did to your taxes when they thought that you were pulling an old Jordan Belfort on them. But I guess that it's not just to tax switcheroos. They're also pulling the old one-two switcheroo on us poor shippers of packages. So they audit my package, which means that they, uh, they remeasure it because they don't trust me. And they have determined with their precision estimates that my package was in fact 49 by six by six inches, and that because I misinformed them, I am to pay them a $15 surcharge. 
uh, on top of the original purchase price of shipping the package, which was already pretty hefty. I mean, 48 inch package, that ain't cheap, a cheap send. So $15. So I naturally, I thought, well, you know, this is a crock of bullshit. This is some USDA grade A fucking choice bullshit here. So I'm going to have to reach out and ask what the hell's going on. So I finally get on the line with the support agent. And I explained that I bought a 48-inch box. Like, I, it's 48 inches. I have the receipt right here. I said that I'm happy to take it up with them or my credit card company, whoever it needs to go to, but this is a 48-inch box. I'm not paying $15 extra for something that's clearly 48 inches long. I was informed that they use the utmost, highest standard laser measuring devices to ensure that their auditing process is legitimate, which sounded a bit like something Donald Trump might say at some kind of a press conference when somebody questioned his measurements, we're not going to say of what. So I was a little blown away by this, but then they hit me with one-time exceptions. I was like, okay, all right. So they said they're going to grant me a one-time exception because when they measured the package, it came out to be 48.8 inches long and that they rounded up to 49. And I was like, well, 49 is 49, 48.8 is 48.8. Why the roundup? I thought that we were being precise here. But whatever, that's where the 15 extra dollars came from, was that 49 inches is a whole nother shipping category or some some crap like that. Well, I argued with them a bit and they agreed to take off the $15 charge. And then they, they, they then explained to me that when they give those, those measurements on boxes, that that's not actually the measurement of the box. Those are the interior dimensions, which I guess makes sense. If you want to know if a 48-inch product will spit inside of a box, you don't want to buy a 48-inch box and only find that the, the internal space is, you know, uh, 47.5 inches, or I guess 47.8 inches maybe. But still, you'd think that they would tell you that when you buy the box. So they're like, hey, look, if you're going to, I mean, who buys a box just to have a box? Like, have you ever thought, gee, I want to store something in a 48 by 6 by 6 box? Hell no. Not unless you're storing your lightsaber or something like that, or your your like mega long pleasure product or whatever. You know, I'm not going to judge you, but I'm just saying I feel like that's not a common use of boxes uh, that are that size. You normally they're for shipping, so you'd think that they'd tell you, hey, guess what, buddy? Before you ship that, you should know that that's actually a 49 inch box for shipping standards. So factor that into the price so you don't get don't get dinged. So anyway, I just I don't understand though, like 48 inches, 49 inches. Like I I mean. Why is one worse than the other? I guess they, they take up about the same amount of room on the truck. Like, I don't know. And frankly, from what I've seen with UPS so far, uh, especially with doing, you know, adjusting to COVID, I mean, I really highly doubt that they uh, are struggling all that much. People are ordering more and more shit and UPS is able to excuse more and more fuck ups. I ordered some coffee pods, which I would con- consider to be like that. I mean, that's like ordering medicine. I mean, that, that's an essential product that has to arrive on time. You know, you got to time that shit out. But I was notified that they were delayed due to circumstances beyond the control of UPS in Illinois. And I'm like, what? What did, did you accidentally drive through Gary? Like, I mean, was the road just inexplicably on fire and some meth heads came out and busted your UPS truck? Like, I mean, what what exactly are we talking here? Because I feel like circumstances in their control would be virtually everything. I mean, like if the truck gets in a crash or flips over. That's within their control. They should hire somebody who knows how to drive a truck. I don't understand where, I, I guess, I mean, there's some accidents and things which would be completely outside their control. I get that. But, like, some explanation could be cool uh, because, you know, I don't have my product. And right now, the normal, like, guarantees to shipping just don't apply. 
So they could just hold your product in limbo for months uh, with the current standards and just never answer for it. And I get it. I mean, it's COVID. Got to be reasonable, flexible in these times. But all I'm saying is that maybe a little bit more transparency would be appreciated, especially if you are to this degree of precision where 48.8 inches is a whole nother $15 due to some wacko geometry professor's interpretation of how a UPS truck needs to be packed. I don't know. Just point it out. Let's go on to COVID, though. Uh, we're going to stop whining about UPS. We're going to whine about something else because, I mean, <clears throat> you know, this is obviously turning into a rant episode, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll catch it. We'll catch you in the next bit here after this little musical break to, you know, let your mind settle into a, a new calming uh, flow of thought before we hit you with uh, another rant. So look out for that one, and we will catch you in that there uh, little segment. All right, so let's talk a little bit about COVID, right? So here's my problem with the, like, the COVID scenario as it currently exists right now. Not like what's in the past, that's the past, but right now. We're in such a strange-ass time. I mean, everybody's just going around talking about how we need to open because it's our priority. It's part of our freedoms. It, it, it Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that's all fine and dandy, but there's just this this asinine lack of, like, vision surrounding it. Like, I saw something today. I saw something today on Twitter talking about Las Vegas Casino. So I click on the article, news article, mainstream news. I think it was, like, New York Times or something. Who knows? Um, and they're talking about Las Vegas casinos. Now, in order to go to a Las Vegas casino right now, you have to put on a mask and gloves. And they've unveiled new tables to play the card games at where the dealer and the players are encased in like plexiglass shells. Like I kid you not, it's like they had a they went to a convention for the people that play the life-size bowling in those big clear balls. Like like went to one of those. They went to a full body condom convention. That's what they did. They went to a full body condom convention and they said this is what we want in our casinos right here. I won a thousand units. That's the product. I'm sold. I'm I'm blown away by the fact that we can't look at this situation and make the logical conclusion that if we have to encase ourselves in full body condoms in order to safely play a game of poker these days, then maybe that's the sign that we don't have any business sticking our grubby little noses in a game of poker right now. Like, go play poker in your fucking basement or something. Don't go out and about in a place where there are thousands of people in order to do it. Like, that's your sign. That's what you need to know. I, I know that the casinos aren't going to like that theory. But that's what that's what you're talking about safety. That's what you should do. That's what you should look at. It's just like, now, at what point is too much? Is is the question here? Like, if I have to start shrink wrapping my car every morning, just to make sure that no coronavirus can somehow get through the air, AC filters and into my car, then like, is that too much, or is that just considered normal at this point? Like, where do we draw the line? That's what I want to know. Like, if I have to start wearing a mask in my own house then I will personally declare that we have crossed the line. I'll move my ass to Canada. Like, I, I, all I'm saying is that if we can't contain this shit to the point where we can't play a friendly game of poker, like, it'd be, it would be one thing if we just had, like, you know, just masks. You know, okay, weird times, not to quote my least favorite people in the world right now, but college institutions, it's unprecedented times. Okay, I get it. Fine. You know, I appreciate if you come up with like literally any other phrase since you've said that one 80 million times at this point, but but it's unprecedented times that we're in. I get it. Sure. Okay. 
then wear a mask while you play poker. But no, we can't wear a mask while you play. We have to wear a mask. We have to wear gloves. And next thing you know, you have to lock your – it looks like one of those – if you've ever watched a movie or been to a lab where they have like the big plexiglass things that keep the virus vials in. And you have to like put your hands in these fancy glove things to mess with it from behind the like scenes. It looks like you're playing poker through one of those. Like you damn near are. Like this shit is less – like germ or less like bacterial growth conducing, uh, conducive than like I, I, I fucking petri dish at this point. Like, I mean, I'm blown away that like freaking pharmaceutical labs probably don't have the sanitary conditions that the MGM Grand does these days. I, I don't understand how we can look at this situation and say it's normal. Um, and 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 and, and furthermore. Nobody seems to really be questioning it. I mean, I've been out about on the roads here and there the last couple of days since our state has opened up, um, and there are people everywhere. It's like all of a sudden they realized that Meyer existed. Like, imagine, imagine learning that Target was a thing for the first time. Like, Target's a magical place. No one's going to deny that. Target's fucking great. I mean, it, it's Target. They have everything you ever want. It's nice. The people who work there are generally nice. They have a Starbucks inside. I mean, these are all pluses that you just can't ignore. Like, name a negative of Target. I, I mean, I can't think of one, except for those weird, like, <laughs> cement balls that they have outside. Um, and apparently, if, I, I saw a news store once where one broke off, and it, like, rolled down the street and <laughs> caused, like, $30,000 worth of damage. <laughs> so, I mean, other than that, Target has very little flaws, right? Um so, like, imagine experiencing Target for the first time. I feel like that's what everybody's going through. Like, you you took away Target from the American public for all of two months, and now everybody's just losing their minds with, with excitement over the possibility of being able to shop at a store. Um, and and it, it's, it, I mean, like, all those people who are probably, you know, ordering groceries before this whole thing happened, I, imagine how you looked at them, right? Like, I saw somebody ordering groceries, <laughs> Uh, through an app or like, you know, through some kind of telephone service, I would laugh in their family. Like, are you seriously so privileged in life that you are incapable of sourcing your own groceries at the store by yourself that you need to pay somebody to do it for you? Like, I mean, I can't just sit down on my house and make a pizza like Pizza Hut can. That's why I order it from Pizza Hut. But I can, in fact, believe it or not, go to the grocery store and pick out my own fucking carton of milk. I don't, I don't need to pay somebody to do that for me because I'm perfectly capable of doing it myself. I would have laughed in those people's faces. But now that COVID has been here, I mean, and those places are like gifts from God. I mean, what would we have done? Like overall, as a society, those places have been packed. You try to order one of those places uh, that, that gives you groceries and brings them to you. I mean, you're, you're looking at delivery times like a week out. I mean... I, I've ordered like custom made products that took longer to get here than my, my, my eggs and my bread. And it's because everybody's been using it. And it's just, it's hilarious to me how no, no one, no one would consider making fun of those places now. Cause who's laughing. Right. But, but back on the subject is that these, these people are <laughs> just rushing the stores. I mean, this is like Black Friday on steroids. This is like the Black Friday of 2008 before Amazon was well. Not 2008. That was financial crash. Nobody was Black Fridaying. The only thing that was black were the sorrows, tears, and broken hearts. So let's go to like, you know, this is like 2010 Black Friday. Like some kind of new Xbox is coming out or something. People are being trampled, mauled, murdered, stabbed, beaten to death with candy canes and baskets of holiday joy. And 
Okay, that's the kind of ha the hubbub and hassle we're in. That and Menards, like the Meyer, Menards, and Target in my town have been the most hopping places. And I'm just thinking to myself, I could see going to Meyer once every other day. Like maybe you're really bad at planning your groceries ahead. I could see going to Target every day. I mean, hell, they got a Starbucks and it's Target. Like you can always find something to go there. But Menards? What do you possibly need at Menards that requires more than, say, one trip a week, maybe two trips a week at max if you're in the middle of a project? Like, unless you're building a deck one two-by-four at a time, and you can only buy one two-by-four every time you go into Menards, like they have a one-a-day one limit on two-by-fours now all of a sudden or something, I see no reason why you should have to continually go to, go to Menards. But I drive by that parking lot nearly every other day, and every time I do, it is packed. I mean, the parking lot's literally full. I mean, it's a fucking Menards, and this is not like a small parking lot. This, this parking lot's the size of a Target or a Meyer parking lot, and it's full every day. I don't understand how you could possibly fill the Menards parking lot. I've never seen that happen before, and yet we've been open for a week now. Our state has been open for a week, and even during the quarantine, but even worse so now, people are flooding the Menards. Like, what? Did you run out of light bulbs while, while you were in quarantine? Did all of your extension cords break? Did I, I don't understand. I don't like what does Menard sell at such a necessity? Are you all decided did you all decide to get into grilling? Like maybe that's it. Maybe maybe locking ourselves away for, for two months made us see all of like the little shitty things we always think that we're gonna fix and we never do. Like that one board on your deck that uh that looks you know, let's talk about decks for a minute. This is a little bizarre, but if anyone anyone's ever fixed a deck before i got a fucking beef with the deck people the deck people the deck people deserve punishment i don't know what kind of punishment but god should decide their fate and it should not be a good fate because get this right so you, you go to the menards say to get one board you know to to like patch up your deck you know i mean like wood warps and shit because for some reason they seem to be incapable of making wood that doesn't warp um, you'd think that in the day and age of synthetic everything, they would have created like the perfect plank of wood that feels, looks like real wood, but it's actually like plastic or something, but they haven't cool beans, whatever, you know, wood works fine, but wood warps. So sometimes you got to replace a plank here and there. So you go to Menards, you go to the two by four section. Hell, even if you go to like the dedicated decking section, like if you're a real Gucci deck builder here, so you go to the dedicated decking section, you pick out the size you need, the width you need, the thickness you need. You go back home, you put it in your deck, you rip up the old board, you hammer in the new one, put those screws in, decking nails, whatever you're using. You step back to admire and you work and you realize something. You realize that all of your deck is nicely weathered, except this one bright, like, sand-colored board. And they assure you with the Menards that it's going to weather. But that board's been on your deck for two years now, and guess what? It's still the same fucking white-ass sheep in the, the, the crowd of black sheep. Like, I don't understand what the fuck's going on, but the deck looks like shit. You feel like shit for, for ruining the, the nice landscape of the deck. Why can't they sell pre-weathered boards? Like, I shouldn't have to go out into my backyard and, like, spray a fucking plank of wood with some asphalt to make it look like it's been out in the weather for a couple of years. Like, I, I mean, at what? it's such a quality of life thing. Like, it's such an easy fix. I, I mean, just, like, I throw it in a, a hot furnace for, like, three minutes before you ship it out. I don't know. Do something. Anyway, that that's uh, that's a little way off topic, actually. Um, but, but I feel like that's it. I mean, people have obviously realized that they were, like, uh, in their mind, living in a shithole. 
and that they just needed to do some home improvement. And uh, like, I'm, I'm just interested to see like, will trade jobs, you know, like plumbing, electricians, et cetera, will those like skyrocket in business? Like, I feel like some of those places are just going to start doing an absolute killing because all of these like do it yourselfers have gone to Menards and bought all the plumbing. And, you know, they, they come home and their wife's like, you went to Menards again. It's the third time today, Stephen. And Stephen's like, yep, well, I figured I'm going to fix that there plumbing in the basement and, uh, you know, maybe in the sink too. You know, have you been thinking about putting in a bidet? Um, because I could definitely do an install on one of those. And I tell you what, I mean, if, if you're thinking about rewiring some outlets in the house, I could do that. I mean, let's face it, with the number of people going to Menards right now, we're lucky that these fuckers haven't started burning houses down accidentally. Like, I mean, I, I feel like nine out of ten trips to Menards probably end in something that's more messed up than it started. Which is probably why people go to Menards again, because they think they can fix it. And they just keep compounding the issue over and over and over again, which is kind of funny that we reached this point in the conversation. I promise this wasn't planned, actually, but it's funny. Talking about keep on compounding the situation, I feel like that's what we're doing with COVID right now. I mean, we keep on saying, let's open, let's open, let's open. And I'm sitting here like, that's good, that's good, that's good. Cool beans, like, open it the fuck up, let's do it. And then I take a step back and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You said, let's open, let's open, let's open. But over there, we've got full body condoms slash plexiglass boxes we have to put people in to keep them safe. And we have people in positions of power who one week tell us that if we don't open everything, then the economy will crash and we will all die. And then the next week they say that if we open too soon, we're going to kill all of our grandparents and probably some of us too, and that we'll all die. And like either way, we're all dying. Where's the middle ground? How about the middle ground is let's look at individual cases, individual like areas and say, hmm, you know, that's like a little bit less than essential. So, you know, we'll keep it. And then you can look at something like a casino that's currently requiring plexiglass cubicles to keep people safe. Like this is freaking gas attack threats every day. And uh, maybe you can look at that and say, you know what? We don't need that right now. Like that, like just for one summer, you know, for one summer. That way, when we get to the fall and the virus inevitably gains some steam again, because that's how viruses work, we won't be caught so flat on our feet. Because, you know, by the end of summer, people have ditched all this shit. Like, how long can we possibly go on walking around in, in, in bubbles? I, I mean, it's not going to work. The American people doesn't work that way, and I don't blame them. That's stupid. Like, I, at this point, we need to either decide, are we just going to say fuck it and let the thing take its course? Um, which I'm not an advocate of, but... But that is one outlook. Or are we going to say, you know what, let's fight this thing and tough it out and be together in this. And we'll all stay inside. It, that, those are the two options. And like those are two very vast generalizations. I get it. But my point is that we are quickly approaching the point where somebody's going to seriously suggest that I need to like saran wrap my car in order to make sure that no COVID can get in the vents. And that is way too far. That it, that that At that point... That's the sign where you just say you don't need to be going out. That's my point. That's my beef with COVID. I know it's probably not the most popular opinion. We can argue about it if you want. We cannot argue about it and just talk about it. That's kind of my favorite form of arguing is more of a discussion because um, it's like actually productive and you have mutual understanding. And hopefully you can even enlighten some other folks as they listen to that discussion and, you know, they can listen to the dialogue and form their own opinions. But, but that's my beef with COVID. On to the rest of the episode.
All right, part two of the COVID rants report episode. Um, we already talked about the COVID situation and the response, and now we're going to talk about college's response, because I feel like a lot of the people listening to this are probably in some manner related to the, the uh, collegiate atmosphere. So we're going to delve into the, the response of certain universities. We're going to leave names out of it just for transparency's sake. And frankly, from what I understand, name of the university doesn't matter because 90% of all of these places are doing the same exact thing. So um, let's get into it. This is the problem. Uh, problem and discussion. So the problem here is that, that these universities were all caught flat-footed in the spring, and rightfully so. Um, they didn't have the information that rumor is some of the government officials had, whatever, not going to get into that right now. Um, they didn't have the information, just like we didn't. They were caught flat on their feet, and they made judgment calls that some of us may like, some of us may not like, but ultimately... Uh, we made it through in what they like to call, what they love to call. They have a, like a fetish for calling unprecedented times, which I mean, it's just, it, it kills me because they're obviously trying to draw like the gravity of the situation and how it's, it's so shocking what's going on into one phrase. And that's great. But I swear if I, if I have to read unprecedented times and the justification for a shitty decision one more time, I'm going to hum chuck something out the window. I mean, I just can't do it anymore. It's just unprecedented this, unprecedented that. You know, it's unprecedented how much you guys are using the word unprecedented. Like, at this point, I'm wondering whether or not... It's unprecedented how much I doubt whether or not you understand what the word unprecedented actually means in in this situation. Because if if you've said unprecedented like eight times in reference to something, then I feel like it's pretty damn precedented at this point. Like, I feel like we, we've graduated from unprecedented at this point. We've been dealing with this shit for months now. We are no longer unprecedented. This is old hat. I mean, at the, at the pace that our society moves, this has essentially been written into the annals of history already. But, but so they, they made all these decisions. Most universities, if not every single one of them ever, because the government mandated it, uh, transitioned to online classes. So, you know, that, that was the only option at the time. Yes, I mean, none of us expected the quality of education to be the same because, you know, how, how, do, you, how do you unexpectedly go to online classes and expect the same quality of education that you thought you were getting when you had in-person classes? I, totally understandable. So naturally, uh, as with everything involved in college, actually, um, believe it or not, they don't care quite so much about the education. They more so care about the tuition. Um, so, you know, of course those were the immediate questions. Uh, one, what happens to our meal plans Two, what happens to our housing and three, what happens to our tuition? Um, pretty easy on the meal plans and tuition. Colleges didn't really have anywhere to stand on there other than to give things back in a prorated manner. Uh, that means that, uh, based on like how, how much time you actually got to spend in your dorm, uh, they were going to charge you for that and send you a refund for the rest. So cool, but no, nobody expected anything more. Uh, nobody expected anything less. We all got exactly what we were asking for. Awesome. Then we got to tuition. Now, some universities across the country have gotten in trouble even because apparently there's some contractual BS legal speak in something that somebody signed or wrote uh, unintentionally that suggested people were paying solely for in-person education and that online education was something else. Now, those those universities, I guess, are being sued to some degree or something. I don't know. Um, 
but we'll talk about what I think is the larger majority scenario, and that is that the colleges have, uh, as the LA Times uh, put it, uh, bitch, we ain't changing our prices. Actually, I'm sorry, that was the that was the New York Times. Uh, the New York, was it? Oh, I forget. It was. It's not the New York Times, but it's a national newspaper. I read an article on. Um, point being, colleges keep on throwing around these words of how these are unprecedented times. We're all in this together, but with a big capital fucking B. We will not be giving you any of your money back for tuition, even though we know that the uh, like the university I go to actually admitted that the quality of education had dropped. They said that we promised that next semester it will be better, um, which to me, if you, if you promise it'll be better next semester, that means you're admitting that it was crap this semester. <laughs> and yet they still are, uh, are refusing to give any tuition back. And at this point, like it's, it's old, it's old hat, you know, it's precedent. Um, we're done with it. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm who's going to fight them. No one. Cool. But now they're talking about next semester and they're talking about how certain classes of a certain size are going to have to be online. And maybe we'll, you know, go back half and half online, not online, whatever, all these different options, who knows what's going on. Enrollment's down X percent. We're struggling, blah, 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 blah. And completely ignoring the fact that most families have had at least one, if not all, working members of the household out of work for the past two to three months, maybe even longer these days, you know, still in the summer, just because we're opening doesn't mean everyone has their jobs back yet, um, or new jobs, because not everyone can get their old jobs back. Um, think about people who work at Disney World, say those parks are shut down for the foreseeable future still. I mean, you know, what are they supposed to do? Um, so all these different scenarios going on. And the colleges are saying, absolutely not. You can, you can, you'll be paying full price. Um, and on one hand, I get it. You know, they got to support their, their things, but we all know that there's cash lying around. Um, and that in the end, uh, a discount to reflect the decrease in education and frankly, like the decrease in overall weight of education um, with part of it being online compared to somebody who was able to complete everything in person and have that personal relationship with professors gain those references, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, something to reflect that would be appreciated. It'd be duly noted. And frankly, forgive me for saying that it was kind of expected, but nobody appears to be getting that. And uh, I don't think that anyone in college will be seeing anything of the sort. Um, and to me, that's just wrong. I mean, if you, if you truly believe that these are unprecedented times, then it's unprecedented action time as well. And saying how, like, we've never refunded tuition before, so we're not going to do it now, goes directly against you insisting that these are unprecedented times. Uh, and I, I really fail to understand <clears throat> the, the logical thought process when you claim that online education is the same uh, like money to education ratio, at not an actual measurement, but I guess we'll make it one. Um, how, how do you say that that's the same, right? I mean, how do, how do you how do you justify charging full price for something that is not the full experience? If I, if I were selling you a car and I said, hey, look, everything is here. You've got your engine. You've got the tranny. You've got, hell, we're even including the windshield wipers and it all the fluids topped off, low mileage and everything else. The only thing that's missing, actually, believe it or not, is uh, the passenger seat, the steering wheel, and unfortunately, uh, one of the nuts on the wheels is loose. It might come off while you're driving. The wheel might, it might not, but you know, you're pretty safe. As long as you sign right here so we're not liable, you're good to go. Um, 
Yeah, and and you look at the you look at you look at me and you'd say, well, no, I'm not taking that car. I mean, maybe if you discount the price, like to reflect those issues, then sure. And I mean, what would you think if I looked at you and said no? <laughs> if if I said I want full price for a car that's not a full car, that does not operate as a full car, that does not work as a full car, um, that you could not drive because of the lack of steering wheel and a potentially dangerous, catastrophically so, missing wheel. Um, I, this is like if I tried to sell you a bottle of alcohol and said, well, unfortunately, I had to take three-fourths of the alcohol out of it, um, but I'm not actually changing the price, and it also tastes even worse now. Um, you, there, you would not be in your right mind to pay full price for that, and uh, like I see why enrollments are down. I understand why, and with the rumors um, going around of this and that response in the coming semester... Uh, if I wasn't already, you know, in that system and kind of committed, I can totally understand why somebody would say, no, I'm going to take a gap year. I'm going to wait it out. Um, I totally understand. I mean, if GameStop tried to sell you an Xbox and didn't include a controller with it and tried to charge you full price for the bundle, nonetheless, you'd go buy from somewhere else or you would wait until they had a complete bundle in stock. And I mean, that's the same situation here. I, I... I completely understand, and frankly, I think that the hate that some people are getting um, and and more like the stigma they're feeling is probably pretty rough. I know the stigma. Uh, I'm looking at potentially a fifth year of college. I'm going to talk about that in a future episode. That'll be a more serious thing, but um, talk about that in a future episode. Um, but I get the stigma, you know, fifth year. Um, I mean, hell, Barstool Sports has a specific tag for fifth years. Um, so obviously there's stigma. There's stigma around taking a gap year. Um, and, and it's frankly, it's bullshit. I mean, uh, if, if you're talking about unprecedented times, unprecedented times, unprecedented times over and over and over again, then how about you institute programs and things to make these unprecedented times more documented? Um, so that, you know, in 20 years, if somebody is looking back on your life and they look at you and they say, oh, you took a gap year. How was that? You can say, well, look, COVID, you know, um, yeah, I it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. The, the logic, the logic that's going into a lot of the, the calls that are being made and it really kind of traps my britches that they're not considering paying people back, uh, or, or offering discounts in the future based on the incomplete package that people are being offered. Uh, Thanks for tuning into this episode, everyone. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed making it. I do apologize for some of the audio issues. I know there was a big difference in the audio between the first segment and the last two segments. That's just a difference in recording locations. Won't happen again. And if it does, frankly, this podcast is interesting enough that you'll be able to tolerate it in order to get this good, juicy, quality content that we're putting out here. Uh, no, but all joking aside, the next episode is going to be some serious quality content. We are bringing on our first uh, guest host to come on and go over song lyrics. That's all I'm going to say, but I can assure you that these song lyrics are uh, not going to be any normal song, ly song lyrics, and I can assure you that they're going to have the raw personal touch. And for anyone that knows me, that means that we're definitely going to fuck some shit up, and it's going to be glorious. It's going to be amazing. Uh, absolutely wonderful. I sound like Donald Trump right now unintentional, but it really adds to the comedy. 
uh, that's going to be presented in the next episode. So we'll catch you on that. Be on the lookout. Coming out real freaking soon. And thanks for tuning in to The Rob Report.